The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Good morning. Happy Friday. Welcome back as we take a few minutes together in God's Word. And I appreciate the opportunity to be part of your day and to be part of your week. And hopefully this is a help and encouragement. Hope it is something that you look forward to as not necessarily because I'm here, but because the Word of God is encouraging. And we do hope that these are bright times in your day as through a time of chaos, we can look to the light of the world that is the Word of God, uh, Jesus, and we can learn from Him. We're in the book of Colossians today. As Actually, we're going to finish up the book of Colossians today, and we'll start in something brand new on Monday. Uh, we're in the book of Colossians chapter 4, um, and nor actually we're going to cover a larger section, which I normally don't do on these daily devotionals. We only do about 10 to 12 minutes on a normal devotional. So because of that, I don't normally cover large sections of Scripture. Uh, the reason I'm doing this is it's kind of just the way the context interpretation of the last part of the book of Colossians ends up. Now, we could spend some time if we wanted to to break down, because what we're going to look at in the last few minutes here is we're going to look at this kind of concluding thoughts. Paul gives several concluding thoughts to the church of Colossae. Uh, he starts, we talked about your speech being grace, loving and ministering to the world, understanding where they are and trying to minister to them. But then he, he gives a list. He kind of breaks down in um, a list of people who have come alongside him and come alongside this church Colossae that have been a blessing. And he just, he wants to, some of them he's commending, some of them he's saying or praying for him. And he just references what I would call a list of ministry friends that have been, have been influential enough in his life for him under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to pen and put in the Word of God. So thousands of years later, as we're reading a, a letter that Paul was writing while he was in prison or in, in kind of house arrest in Rome, as he's writing this, thousands of years later, we look at these people who God found important enough to stick in the Word of God. So I want to kind of start with the application of what we're going to look at today, and then we'll break down the, 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 the specifics of it. Really what we're seeing here is Paul's naming a list that we could call friends, encouragers, uh, ministry helpers. Some of them to him, some of them he brags on their faithfulness, some of them he brags on their love for this specific church at Colossae. And I guess what we could say is our challenge is that uh, a lot of times what we do is we see this and say, I wish I had people in my life like this. And I, I will be honest, no, there is no richer person in the world that could have a group of people that are like what's going to be described in the next couple minutes here. But I guess it's, you know, if we only look and say, I wish I had this, then we can become a bit, we can become a bit self-focused and we can become discouraged if we don't have this. So today's challenge is not necessarily to look at this and say, I wish I had this. Today's challenge is to say, I want to be this for someone else. For Because the Bible says a man that has friends must show himself friendly. So the challenge today is not to be discouraged that I wish I had this. The challenge today is to say, I want to be this. And here's what I believe. I believe with my all my heart that if I look and say, this is what Paul found encouraging, what can I do to be this kind of person? And I believe when I do that and I'm friendly and I'm willing to be that encourager, God in turn will put those kind of people in my life as well. If all we do is kind of sit back and say, God, I want these people in my life, I don't think we're going to get as many as we could. We get them because we're reaching out and then God offers that same thing to us. So let's take a few minutes and, and just look through a chunk of verses of, of the different names of people that Paul put in here and explain a little bit why Paul found it important to put them in here. 
Go back to verse 7. Again, we're going to go from 7 probably to verse 18. So verse 7. All my estate shall Tychius declare unto you, who is a beloved brother and a faithful minister and a fellow servant in the Lord, whom I have sent unto you for the same purpose, that he might know your estate and comfort your hearts. With Onesimus, a faithful and beloved brother, who is one of you, they shall make known unto you all the things which are done here. So he starts by sending two people, Tychius and Onesimus, to do two things, to come to the church. Remember, there was no internet, email, things of that nature. So when we were talking about explaining where everybody was, they had to send somebody with this message. And so these two men were sent to the church at Colossae to share where Paul was. This is what was really going on. And, and, and we'll t actually talk about this Sunday morning in our message. Paul was in Rome. He was under house arrest. This wasn't where he died. He, he had much more ministry after this, but they were kind of explaining what was he doing in Rome and why was he there and what was hopefully God, God was going to accomplish. So he sends these two men as messengers to encourage the church and then to kind of be able to help to know their state, to encourage. And so he sends what you see, first of all, is faithful ministers. Paul had people that even though he couldn't leave the house, other people who come alongside and say, Paul, we're not you, but what can we do to help you? So there's things that Paul could not do, and they came along to do that. So what we can say in ministry is there's not one person, whether it's the pastor or a teacher in a children's church or a minister in physical things, Nobody can really do everything, and so I guess the great encouragement we can find here is these men came alongside to minister with Paul in things that maybe Paul couldn't do. And the more hands that did it, the more ministry got done. And so that was part of the great encouragement he started with. And so let's go on to verse 10. Uh, he says, Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, saluteth you, and Marcus, sister son to Barnabas, or Marcus, Barnabas' nephew, touching whom ye receive commandments, if ye come unto you, receive him. And Jesus, who is called Justice, who are of the circumcision, these only are my fellow workers under the kingdom of God, which have been a comfort unto me. So these are the are fellow prisoners, probably in prison with him or in house arrest with him. We mentioned that uh, a couple weeks ago in the service that these that Paul, when he was traveling to Rome and he was in the storm, was probably not alone. There are many other people probably traveling with him, even though Luke chose not to put that in the book of Acts. He more than likely was, we know at least Luke and others were with him. So other people were in the same spot he was in. So he's saying, these are comforters to me. They traveled along with me. I'm not alone in the ministry. I'm not alone in sometimes the battles I go through. And I'm telling you, it's something encouraging when in the harder times and the darker times when you're not alone. So that means sometimes we need to try to reach out to others that are battling how we can be an encouragement to them so that we have people who can be that encouragement to us in the dark times. It also means when they're there, let people be that encouragement to us in the dark times. And then he goes on and he talks about verse 12. Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ, saluteth you, always laboring fervently for you in prayers, that ye may stand perfect and complete in the will of God. Catch what he says in verse 13. For I bear him record that he hath a great zeal for you, and them that are of Laodicea, and them that are of Heropolis. He's, he's talking about this man, and so he describes Epaphras as someone who has a great zeal and passion, really a burden for this church at Colossae. He said, I hope you understand that there are people that I know who just absolutely have a burden for you. And so there's another man who has Paul, the apostle of God, describes someone who has an absolute heart for this church. And that's Boy, I tell you what, this church must have been encouraged that there was somebody who loved this church enough. It was obvious enough that Paul would state, listen, there are people who have an absolute burden for you as a church, that you would grow, that you'd be mature, that you wouldn't, you wouldn't fall apart. Might have been. I'm just taking a thought from my mind. We know that 
Paul didn't start the church at Colossae, and so somebody had come to, to Paul to tell him of this doctrine that was making its way into the church of Colossians. And so it's very possible that that was where Paul said, I need to write this letter. People like him. And he goes, there's a great burden for him. And, and he has been, and he just, he loves you as a church. And that, that's a huge deal. Verse 14, Luke, he describes the beloved physician. Catch this, Demas, greet you. At that time, Demas was still a minister along with. We know in Timothy, he says, you know, Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. Ultimately, there's a negative Demas. But he describes Luke, a faithful friend, a faithful minister, and a faithful physician, probably in Rome at this time with Paul. As Paul's on house arrest, Luke wasn't. But Luke was with him, encouraging him, another co-labor. Verse 16, and when this epistle is read among you, so he gets done describing different men that have been encouragement. Then he gives a couple last thoughts in verse 16. And when this epistle, what he's written right here, the book of Colossians, when this epistle is read among you, cause that it be read also in the church at Laodicea, that you likewise read the epistle from Laodicea. We actually don't have in writing what he wrote to Laodicea. We don't know why, but it's not there. What we do know is he goes, read these things. And then share, read bold, you know, share these things, make sure they're read. Make sure these churches hear what God has told me to tell you. Verse 17, he goes, then, and say to Archippus, Archippus, I think I said that right, take heed to the ministry which thou hast received in the Lord, that thou fulfill it. Say to him, be faithful. The salutation by the hand of me, Paul. Remember my bonds. Grace be with you. Amen. So he gives these final thoughts and encouragements. Be faithful, encourage each other, and think about these other men who have been a blessing. We can pull from this that whether in the minimal things we can do, God can somehow use us. They don't have to always be the greatest things. I was mentioning this to somebody just a couple days ago in our ministry. We're beginning to see this, and it's encouraging how people are grabbing ownership in different areas. And a lot of times they say, Pastor, I can't do a lot, but I can do this. Well, that's actually a lot. That's a lot because if everybody does what God has equipped, equipped them to do, then it allows for more to be done. You don't have to be the preacher or you don't have to be only the one that sweeps the floor, but both of them are equally important. There is different gifts that you've been given, different things that each and every one of us can do. So my challenge to you today is what it is that God has laid upon your heart. Please understand. You say, I want to do these things. I want to be engaged. And that's great. But there is a level of commitment. You can't do these things until you choose to do those things. And to choose to do those things is commitment. I can't say, I want to serve in this area of church, and then I'm, I never come. If I'm going to choose to serve and I want to serve, I need to commit to that area of service. And don't get me wrong, that commitment is wonderful. That commitment is not to a church or to a preacher. It's a commitment to God to serve in my church. Because a church can't have you serve in an area unless they know you're going to be there. It's a practical thing. So there are times that we need to say, I'm going to commit to this. There's a lot of things in life we have to commit to and good things. May we allow God and serving Him to be amongst those, amongst some of the highest of those. Uh, those are some great things. So that maybe others, if we had, if they had to look and say, these people helped us to accomplish in ministry and were encouragement to us, that maybe our name would be in a list like that. Thanks again for joining us this week. Thanks for joining us as we've studied the book of Colossians. I hope it answered questions. I hope it was an encouragement. That's what we strive to be as we go through this and hope it was just an explanation. Uh, starting Monday, we'll jump into a new study. To be honest, I haven't decided where to go, so we'll find out Monday where we're going to go and see where God leads. But thanks again for joining us today and joining us this week, and we'll hope you join us again on Monday. God bless.